This is the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup presented to you by High Five Tom and in conjunction with VFTR 2.0, all part of the amazing family of... Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What up, high fivers? What up, high flyers? Uh, like I told you, I've got a special guest here uh, on the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. I've got my new friend here, Mr. Tommy Trainwreck. Uh, Mr. Trainwreck, how are you this evening, my friend? I'm great, man. How's everybody doing? Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I don't do these things often, so you're gonna have to bear with me. You have to carry <laughs> me a little bit, all right, brother? No, n- not a problem, man. Let's say in, in classic high five time style. We've been talking for like 20 minutes in pre-production, so you know that's kind of how we do it. So. Uh, but for those not familiar, um, I definitely consider uh, Mr. Tommy Trainwreck here uh, the MVP of the ins- this year's Insane 8 for ICW. Uh, definitely stepped in when needed to be. Um, had three matches, and one of them was only the tournament. Uh, three banger matches, I might say. And also, um, I think pretty much everyone's vote for Breakout Star uh, for ICW Milwaukee 2023. Uh, but Tommy, you do much more than just ICW Milwaukee. Um, the million dollar question is being from Fall Rivers or uh, Massachusetts, where did you start? How did you basically start off in wrestling? All right. So uh, I'm going to give you the brass text. Uh, I started how most guys in this industry started, and that was getting my knees dirty in the backyard. Big surprise. Nice. And uh, one day I was backyard wrestling at a park. And uh, one of my good friends, Chris Cruz, saw me picking somebody up for a vertebraker in in the park. And he came over and he's like, dude, you guys are going to kill somebody. I'm (laughs) trained to be a wrestler. You need to stop what you're doing before you hurt somebody. I didn't know this guy from a hole in the wall, but he told me that he wrestled at a ring. He pulled a flyer out of his wallet and showed me uh, Alliance Championship Wrestling. So I got in this stranger's car and I drove to Caroba Pro in New Bedford. And I met my trainer, Brickhouse Baker, and uh, started going to classes like the next week no that's how i that's how i got introduced to wrestling so some random guy just drives by see you guys beating the piss out of each other in a park and then in a park yeah he's like dude i train i'm a trained wrestler you guys are gonna hurt people you can't be doing what you're doing and i was obviously a a 13 year old punk kid who was telling him to go fuck himself and then he showed me some proof that he was a wrestler and i wanted to do that so i was like well he must know what he's talking about. And I took the leap of faith and got in this man's car who could have abducted me. <laughs> and <laughs> lo and behold, he ended up being one of my best friends in life. But yeah. Wait, so, so you, were, you were 13 at the time? 13, yeah. And in wrestling, you were 16 always, you know? So yeah. um, I had my first match in front of a live audience. It was my third time stepping foot in the ring. And I was 14 years old. I was still in high school, so... And that Shit. was against that man, Chris Cruz, my one of my mentors who helped me break into this business. So I started my training at Coroba Pro, and I was in New Bedford, Massachusetts, in like some shitty mill complex with like these sketchy, icy stairs. And we would go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Pay our money to learn how to take our bumps and all that good stuff. And then uh, eventually I learned about another school that was in my hometown, which was in Fall River. And that was called the Pride Pro Wrestling Academy. And that was ran by okay. Dan Freitas and Brian Newtons. And they were a local tag team known as Pride, Portuguese okay. Pride. Yeah. So eventually that was a lot closer. Instead of paying people to drive us in New Bedford, we started training in Fall River. Trained with Pride and Dan Freitas. Uh, eventually, uh, there's also another school in Fall River called the uh, – it's a top rope pro. It's called um, the Lockup Academy. I'm sorry. I got tongue twisted okay. for a second. And it used to be ran by Spike Dudley. Okay. So – that was like the claim to fame. Uh, I trained at the lockup, but I don't like to tell people that I trained with Spike Dudley specifically because I only trained with him a handful of times, maybe five, six times. Okay. But through that facility, I got to train with guys like Bob Evans, uh, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, uh, Congo, lots of guys that came through that school that would go there and they would have their own day. Like it used to be like Bob Evans was on Tuesday, Ryan Waters was on Wednesday. Uh, nice. Nick Steele was on Friday. So we'd, we'd go and learn different things from different guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, because right now, I mean, we're, you know, obviously, if you're familiar with any of the podcasts, um, you know, Brutal Bob Evans just got fired by Mike Bennett. Um, yeah. But yeah, but Matt Tavens is actually from my my buddy Will's hometown in Derry, New Hampshire. Yeah, um, I, I, I've known Taven a long time. Yeah, it's uh, and it's funny you see, yeah, because Congo was just on Ring of Honor. 
Um, you know, these are, and they, you know, they do those, uh, you know, those upper New England shows and guys like Congo are showing up. Vinny Marsigla has been there. You know, obviously, you know, Matt Taven's the, um, the Brian TV Malonis. champion. Yeah, Brian Malonis. So, yeah, my buddy runs in, uh, Will runs into Brian Malonis all the time up there. So, yeah, those, those are a lot of those guys that were in the, those are like the big dogs of New England, you know? Yeah. Those are the yeah. guys who got out and made, made a bigger name for themselves elsewhere, you know? Yeah, and Matt Taven is uh, definitely somebody I've definitely turned myself on. I used to hate hate Matt Taven, but we were I was at a Ring of Honor show one time, and we were just giving him so much shit, and he was giving it right back. And we talked to him after the show, man. He was so cool. I'm like, all right, dude, I take it all back, man. So he took it with a grain of salt, man. It was he was such a good sport about it. So yeah, he he's a hell of a worker too. Yeah. So then after that, so you kind of started, so you just started working kind of more through the New England area than after that, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So that's where I cut my teeth. Originally, I was, uh, I was a tag team guy. I was like exclusively a tag team wrestler. Uh, my tag team was known as the Minutemen. And I teamed with my partner who was known as Devin Blaze. And uh, out of our class of guys that were training at that time, we were probably two of the better ones. So we took our strengths and put them together as a team to get ourselves booked. Because you weren't able to get booked singly, but together yep. we were able to hide our flaws enough that we could get booked and we had a different angle to go on. So that's what it originally started as. Because first we were always uh, wrestling against each other because we were like the top of the class, I guess you could say. So right. we always got stuck in matches together. And then eventually we realized if we worked together, we could probably start doing this thing a little bit more. And I realized that uh, tag team wrestling is pretty rad. So we ended up running with that for a while. Um, I got married to these guys, uh, Davey Cash and Chris Pyro. They were known as the Hoods. <laughs> uh, those were our road dogs. We ended up probably wrestling those guys more than anybody else I've wrestled in my career. But uh wrestled those guys uh, up and down the East Coast, all the way to like New Jersey. We wrestled for the Savoldis in uh, NWA on Fire. Okay. Uh, BWO, which is like preacher, uh, preacher's organization, uh, all types of stuff. NWA New York, which uh, Brody Lee had a hand in at one point in time. A lot of different stuff. But so yeah, that's where I cut my teeth was in New England. Yeah. So at this point, have you even graduated high school yet? Uh when I started wrestling, no. Well, I uh, mean by I me mean, was I mean when you're like doing the whole tag team thing and everything. So uh no, I didn't. Like we were still grinding and like kind of cutting our teeth and I was still doing shows. I remember going to high school with my gear bag, you know what I mean? And then leaving yeah. like after school and going to shows to wrestle. So yeah, no, I hadn't graduated yet. And uh, I remember my high school coaches always wanted me to like play sports and stuff like that. But I was like, I can't do sports when I'm doing wrestling. You know what I mean? So I kind of already had all my eggs in that basket at a young age. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the tacky question is, did all your classmates know that you're a wrestler and, and how oh, did they- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my, that was my angle. You know what I mean? That was like, uh, it was cool to me to be a wrestler. So I, I wanted everybody to see my matches and, uh, being a young kid, I was being a mark for myself, of course, you know, oh, yeah. and everybody had to know I would, I would wear my own T-shirts and all that good stuff that young kids like to do, you know? Yeah. Were, uh, were your classmates pretty smart to support of then or were they like, oh, you're doing that wrestling shit? Uh, no, it, it would be a mixed bag. Uh, for the most part, you get the remarks of people with the bullshit wrestling, you know what I mean? Or the I used to watch wrestling. And I, I prefer those conversations, at least, you know. But you yeah. always have your detractors. But for the most part, people were overly, pretty much supportive. Dude, yeah, that that's awesome. It seems like the the younger generations, like I mean, my generation, um, let's say if some kid I went to high school with was around, I would have been all marking out for him. But I'm sure, you know, the the closed minded people I grew up with probably would have been, you know, like oh, you know, that shit's fan plot, like. Oh, you like to oil yourself up and touch men on the weekends and all that good stuff. Yeah, I've heard it all, man. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, at least I admit it. At least I'm not closeted about it, you know, you <laughs> fucking prick. You know, so. Yeah, hey, whatever I, you vote, man. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, you like wrestling? I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 100 bucks If you get in a ring and you just run the ropes and take flatbacks, flatbacks for 15 minutes, if you can do that, I'll give you 100 bucks. Yep, tell me how you feel. That's, that's another thing. It's like a lot of people don't realize what goes into it because of that you know, that fake stigma, but there's a lot of risk involved in what we do. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know why they call it ropes. I mean, they're just steel cables wrapped in no, tape. steel cables that really hurt, <laughs> you know, and, and I've seen my fair share of rings being, you know, set up and torn apart. They're not trampolines. No, just, certainly not. I'm just saying. So, uh, well, it's cool that you had a good support system and everything. And then, uh, how'd the family feel about that then? Were they just kind of um, like, 
to be completely honest, my family situation wasn't the best. Okay. So yeah. uh, wrestling more so was my family, my peers that I oh, was yeah. like, into the business with. Those guys kind of became like my brothers that I would see more than my regular family. So they were pretty supportive on that end. But um, as far as the other stuff, I live like my dad moved to Virginia. And I've been like uh, he like signed my rights away when I was like 16. So I've kind of been okay. like an independent yeah, yeah, but on your own. So, yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely talking. You've definitely got that independent spirit about you. So, you know, that, you know, to. yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get more into that a little bit later. But, you know, we were talking pre production. So then you're heading out to Beyond and like Limitless and all that stuff all the way up. Oh, yes. Thing. Absolutely. So that was probably the highlight of my wrestling career in New England was getting to work with Beyond Wrestling. Um, we lucked out and it was just the right time, right place situation. We got into Beyond Wrestling before they were running live events. When okay. we broke into Beyond Wrestling, they were still doing studio tapings, which were wrestling in front of the boys only. There was no yeah. crowd. The crowd was the boys. And the matches were being filmed with commentary and graphics and being put online. And a lot of people, we got a lot of heat because people were like, oh, you're going back to being in the backyard. Or like, you guys being marks for yourselves. You're Oh, you're popping the boys. The boys don't matter. But people didn't see the bigger picture that Beyond was creating an online audience and trying to do something different. And lo and behold, eventually they built that online audience that had enough interest that people wanted to see live events. And when they were ready to pull live events, we were there. And we were actually the very first match on the very first Beyond show uh, at Fet Music, American Rana. We wrestled, uh, my team wrestled the Hoods, uh, Dan Barry and Bill Carr, known as Team Tremendous, and EYFBO, which is Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. And that was the, that was our match. And, Arguably, I'd say we stole the show that night. Yeah, because um, you, you brought up Limitless too. Funny fact yeah. about Limitless: the very first Limitless show, I was also in the first match on the very first Limitless show at a four-way tag. So nice, funny, the, funny the way the universe works sometimes, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, well, especially in the in the wrestling world, you know, we we talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, because American Ron is pretty much uh, beyond that's the like, WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania. Okay, so. Yeah, because I know I've got a bunch of friends that have been there, so I have probably have friends that have seen you wrestle at Beyond, so I had no idea. So that's why I love doing shit like this. I mean, like we talked about, it's just like I have to learn stuff, you know, kind of get those stories out there and everything. So um, Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you giving me the platform to tell it. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. So, and then obviously um, you're pretty stoked right now that Mr. Santana's back, obviously, for AEW. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love those guys. Uh, wish them nothing but the best. Um, when I took a little bit of time off of wrestling, uh, they, they actually used to use one of me and my partner's finishing moves as one of their moves. And I was a little bit upset about it for a minute, but then when I really thought about it, it's all love. I love those guys. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, especially Santana. I, um, I still uh, say to this day, one of the best matches I've ever seen. I was just, uh, it was, uh, February, 2022 for warrior wrestling. He wrestled speedball, Mike Bailey, um, and obviously, anyone that knows me, I'm a fucking huge speedball mark. But yeah, I Santana. love speedball. That's that's one of my dream matches. I definitely need to need to get that speedball match at some point. All right, He's universe. Yeah, make it happen. I'm just gonna throw it out there in the universe. I want to see Tommy Trainwreck versus fucking speedball. Um, you know, manifest you know, maybe, that shit. You know, maybe you can main event your own show one of these days. But we'll definitely get into that part a little bit later. So. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad Santana's back. Like I said, everyone I've talked to, you know, I've got a bunch of friends that know him pretty well. So um, I might even get one of his shirts, and I don't buy AEW shirts. So, uh, but yeah, so we're also in New England. Then, so I mean, obviously, you've been all over, you know, the East Coast and everything. Then, so uh, so I wrestled in every state in, in New England. I wrestled in uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Maine, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. But uh, as far as major companies, I wrestled for uh, XWA, which is Extreme Wrestling Alliance uh, okay. out of Rhode Island. They have some notable people that were their champion, uh, Flip Gordon, Tommaso Ciampa. They're on Fight TV. Um, also wrestled for NWA on Fire uh, in Maine, which was ran by the Civoldis. Uh, okay, yeah. Tommy and um, <laughs> they were they used to be old referees back in WWF days. Okay. The Boldy Brothers. And then he ran their promotion. That's actually where we learned how to work TV. Like when we went there and they'd be, we'd be like, oh, you're match three. You're going to a commercial break a minute and 45 seconds into your match. So we had to learn how to, you know what I mean? How to work the TV, how to call our match around babyface being up a minute, 45 seconds in. So we've got to commercial, you know, like stuff like that. So working with those guys when I was really green made me more comfortable with cutting promos, 
uh, hard cam, a lot of like old school shit that people don't really get. Yeah. Too much unless you do TV. You know what I mean? Right. Dude, we yeah. Actually that... were, we actually were on TV for them, but it was uh, Saturdays, 11 p.m. on Tough TV, Plum TV, <laughs> uh, yeah, Me TV. Yeah, a bunch of random whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's crazy, you know, obviously that you, I mean, you can get, catch wrestling fucking anywhere nowadays, so. So, so much content. Yeah. Have you ever wrestled in Delaware? Uh, no, I've never wrestled in Delaware. Uh, I've only been to Delaware one time, and I was to go to Tournament of Death as a fan. I went to Tournament of Death 10. Okay. Bought a ticket and watched Max Trumont and uh, Necro Butcher wrestle each other. Uh, it's actually my first death match experience. Uh, very first match on the card was Dysfunction and Masada. No shit. Yeah, so you want to talk about full circle stuff. My very first death match I've ever seen live was this. Now here I am, you know what I mean, 10 years later, and I work together for him, you know? Yeah. Crazy. And actually, the funny thing is he's actually wrestling Masada October 28th. Yeah, they're running it back, man. Yeah. I was if I don't have anything else going on that day, I might be going to check that show out. I'll be honest. Yeah, they had down for uh Rockford Pro Damage uh wrestling. So um yeah, so well well speaking of dysfunction, so obviously um you've now relocated. Um so and obviously you kind of moved out here um for family and everything, so he kind of took of a break. So so you knew dysfunction before you started working with him then kind of meet him at that show or did you just kind of No, no, I, I didn't even meet him. I was just a fan. So okay. uh I was on the other side of the guardrail for that. You know what I mean? I was working at that time, but we weren't in those circles to be backstage right. at CZW at that point in time. This yeah. was before Beyond Wrestling had developed a partnership with Combat Zone Wrestling. Because eventually, Beyond Wrestling ran uh, studio tapings at the CZW Academy, okay. which I, I worked at. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that was later on. Dude, that's awesome. So then we'll kind of fast forward here. Yeah, you move out here to the Midwest, uh, kind of take a little break. What kind of brought you back into wrestling then? Oh, man. A lot of guys will tell you it's the itch, man. You, you try to stay away from it and like you get you get yourself out of the wrestling bubble and you start living just like a normal life away from it. And then just little things start bringing you back in. You start thinking about spots or your work punching, you know what I mean, things. I started yeah. getting the itch, dude. It's one of those things I've been doing it for more than half my life. And I wasn't content with how things ended okay. because I took time off, not necessarily due to my own okay. reasoning at first. Because I, like I said, I was in a tag team and all my popular popularity came from being in a tag team. And my tag team partner got into a really bad car accident. Ooh. And he, he got a, like a, a bad concussion. Doctors told me he needed to take time off of wrestling. Health comes first. So right. I went from booked every weekend flights and going across the country to my calendar being empty because people didn't want to book a singles guy. They wanted to book us and this money in the return. And that messed with me pretty, pretty hard. You know what I mean? And then that time turned into me and my tag team partner having a falling out personally. And then him that year turned into him just not coming back. So it was just one of those situations where we were like, well, I guess we're all taking some time off. And then eventually he's back to working now. I'm back to working now. Once the, once it gets in your blood, it's hard to get it's hard to get it out, man. Yeah. It's very I, hard to get it out. I, I'd imagine. I mean, I well, obviously with the passing of Terry Funk, I mean, I think I saw that guy's retirement match back in like nineteen ninety one. Yeah, you know, and he, I think he had his last match, I think, ever in the, like 2017. So if that tells you anything, um, for sure. So how long before you moved out here? Uh, were you wrestling then? So, I mean, you said half your life. So, I mean, you've been going at it for a long time then, huh? Yeah, so, like, like I started training and, and stuff like that when I was, like, 14. I had my first matches, like, 14, 15, so we'll say 15. And uh, I'm 31 now, so I took four years off of the business. So, I okay. had about nine years in by the time my partner got hurt, and I took that time off. I took about four years off, and I actually just had my first match back. January 13th of 2023. So I've been back for a little under a year. Dude, that's awesome. So, and this is really your, um, since you're doing take team, this is really your first singles run then, huh? Yeah, this is 100% my first singles run. Um, uh, I wouldn't have guessed it, by the way. I know I'm a more, no, I, yeah, I appreciate I, that, man, because yeah. I tried. It's very hard to brush that stigma off. Like, it's not that it's a bad thing. Being a tag team wrestler is, is great, and that – they're like I've made a bunch of shows as a tag team wrestler. There's nothing wrong with being a tag team wrestler, but sometimes when you get painted into a corner as just a tag team guy, I want to show that I'm more than that. That I can also be a singles performer. I can do lucha. I can do hardcore. 
that was my goal on this run was to prove that I'm multifaceted, that I'm not just a one dimensional person that I can do more than just tag team wrestling, you know? Yeah. And then, and um, before we kind of dig into your, your, obviously your ICW debut and everything. So um, one thing is that really kind of, obviously, I don't want to say attractive, but kind of got me to is, uh, is your entrance music. So why did you pick paint it black? Paint it uh, black. Uh, Cause the Rolling Stones are badass, man. I don't know. Okay. I don't, the way that I see it is especially in the deathmatch community, Everybody has like that old school like rock anthem that they come out to. You know what I mean? I feel right. like that's that's an important aspect to have something that's notable and memorable. Yeah. That, that that's why I that's why I went with it. I feel like it's iconic. It, it, it just it's one of those songs that just stands out. When you hear it, you know it, and it makes you want to get along to the to the beat and stuff. You know? I don't know. Yeah. That that, that was the main reason because I thought it was cool. I guess. You know, and, and not to get all spacey, and I think I told you this when we were DMing back and forth. Obviously, we talked to the Insane Eight, kind of playing the scene. I'm like, dude, I'd love to have you on. And then I'm like, you know, I'm kind of mulling over my head, kind of working on my schedule. And I go for a walk, you know, and fucking Painted Black comes on my fucking iPod. Okay, I only have 700 songs on my iPod, so it's not that rare. But of all songs, I'm like, I literally just messed you. I'm like, dude, we have to have you on the podcast. The universe yeah. is telling me. Yeah. So here we are. So I, I just had I to love it, so. I love it, dude. Yeah, well, I, I, I know. I know it's some kind of species with shit like that, but just sometimes you just got to take the signs. No, absolutely. I'm totally about that, man. I, 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 I've been trying to live my life around, like, you do good, you get good, you know, things yeah. like that. So I, I, I'm about it. Yeah. So you move out to, uh, I don't want to say the middle of fucking nowhere, but you live pretty Oh, it's the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And, middle uh, of nowhere, yeah. So I live about 15 minutes south of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. For those who don't know, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan is a frozen tundra hellscape where it is winter for seven months out of the year, and it reaches subterranean temperatures and snows nonstop. Yeah, but yeah. rent is cheap and people are really nice, so I guess it's not that bad. Yeah, well, and and let's say coming from you know the well, pardon the pun, the combat zone you used to live in. I mean, just you oh know, yeah. You know, that there's a lot of peace of mind for living listed. I mean, we talked about earlier when I lived out in Idaho, man, I I was the same thing, man. I mean, we were super busy during the summer. Uh, it was a tourist area, so you get your ass kicked all summer. Uh, but yeah, like the winters, man, it was it was usually the, the coldest place in lower forty eight. I mean, I have seen I have seen fifty three below zero. Yeah, I've seen some negative temperatures that I feel like humans shouldn't live yeah. in, but um, but I mean, <laughs> well, but the thing by you though is it's definitely because obviously you're not that far from Lake Superior, so it's still pretty humid by you guys. Um, but while we were at it, was super dry, so it'd be a dry cold, you know. So I'd be walking around, it'd be 15, 20 below, and I'd be fucking wearing a sweatshirt and fucking shorts, you know. I'd have three that's pairs just of the Midwest of you, that's well, just yeah. the Midwest of you, you know, that too. But it was, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was a night, and it's it's not that you know, chilly to the bone cold. Uh, but there's just something for refreshing about that, too. I mean, to be honest with you, so oh, it's um, beautiful out here, yeah. Uh, for I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I'm I'm yeah. from Fall River, Massachusetts. My graduating class of high school is more people than the town's population of Iron Mountain. So that's the scale of where I'm living compared to where I came from. You know? Yeah, and, and Iron Mountain's the biggest town in the area. So oh, absolutely the biggest town. Biggest town. And it's like one of those small towns people leave their doors unlocked and you know yeah. what I mean? Keys running, car running outside, and that would not fly where I am from. We'll yeah. just say that. That that definitely took some getting used to because I we were the same way, man. I would leave my keys in my car. Like if somebody needed my car, just let me know that you're taking it. Yeah. You know, and you know, you can have it if you need it. So <laughs> um, but it was manual transmit, but we still did that living here. And listen, I don't live in a bad neighborhood, but I don't live in a good neighborhood. Um, you know, but our car was manual transmission, so half time we'd leave the keys in and I'm like, go ahead and try and steal it. Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah, that security blanket. So, um, but yeah, so you're out in, you know, obviously, you know, in, in the upper, upper, upper Midwest, but how did you, so, I mean, obviously you got the itch. So who do you really, do you reach out to people or are people kind of getting? Uh, yeah. Or? So the first thing that I do to get back into wrestling is I see, uh, some posters for UPW at okay. my gym. So first and foremost, I decide that I got real fat over the pandemic and that I need to get back in the gym and start losing some weight. In the midst of me doing this, I happen to see some UPW posters. Oh, nice. Okay. At the gym. So obviously that's a manifestation of I need to go get back into wrestling. So I see that they're they're holding an EC3 seminar. And this was in uh, October 22nd of 2022. They're doing okay. a, a show and they have an EC3 seminar before the show. I don't even have social media at this point because I'm off the grid. I took a, a, a year hiatus away from wrestling, away from social media, and I'm living in the middle of the woods in Pembine. So I'm, I've 
took some time to I'm Zen. I've centered yeah. myself. I'm ready to go back to wrestling. So I, I create my social media and I message Peter Cisco, who's the booker of UPW Wrestling, and I say, Hey, I see you guys are doing the seminar. Can I buy a spot in that seminar? And he says, Why not? And uh I went, I paid my 50 bucks, I did the seminar, uh, got in the ring for the first time in over four years, uh, got to work a match and uh felt alive again. So one thing led to another, and I got that night I actually got to wear a hood and do a job. So that was the first time I got to be in a ring in front of an audience to do anything, period. You yeah. know what I mean? In over four years. And I realized what I've been missing. That was pro wrestling. Wow. So EC3 is all the way up in the UPM Michigan, huh? Yep. Absolutely. He was. He was a one-time appearance for UPW. Well, I mean, in, in to his credit, though, I mean, he has a lot of Midwest appearances. I know he's really big with Dave Hero. Um, obviously with Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. So he's through the area a lot. Um, but still that I mean that's a you know, say what you will. I'm not a big fan of EC3's character, but you can tell a guy's got a great brain for the fucking business. Oh, absolutely. And like you know? w- w- me and him have very different views on the business. He's very, very old school and like I'm very like new school. Like I love the young bucks, like do a thousand yeah. super kicks. I love it. You know what I mean? That's 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 the type of shit that I like, you know? So I get it. No, but I, I agree. He's definitely uh, tr- well-traveled and cares about the business. You can tell that that day with the seminar that he was actually trying to give valuable feedback and stuff, you know? Yeah. And obviously that motherfucker hasn't eaten a carb in about six years, so. No. Where I just absolutely eaten. just shredded. Yeah. Um, but actually, let, let's backtrack a little bit. I didn't even begin to ask you this. So, I mean, so obviously you're wrestling in a park at age 13, but how did you get into wrestling in general in the first place? Um. Well, as a child, I moved around a lot. So uh, I was into Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Big surprise. Okay. And uh, I, <laughs> one summer before I started middle school, I went to some Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments and I met a couple people. And I happened to be in class with those kids uh, that next year when I started sixth grade. And lo and behold, they were in a backyard wrestling federation called KWE, Kids Wrestling Entertainment. And um, that's what brought, that's what sucked me in. You know what I mean? Now my group of friends that was accepting and I was finally in a place where I was not moving around, bouncing around. I actually had a group of friends that were, had common interests. So that's what brought me into wrestling. So like the times that I got into wrestling was like John Cena coming in era. Like I watched John Cena's debut live on SmackDown, you know, like well, that was my era of wrestling. Yeah. And obviously John Cena is a local guy for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's uh, like, oh shit. So someone from our neck of the woods, you know, so were you watching much less before you ran into those kids? Were you watching much wrestling on TV then? No. Okay. Zero. Zero. Like my, my earliest memory of wrestling. I have an aunt that's a big uh, wrestling fan. She used to love WCW. She used to love Sting and she loved Big Sexy. So like my earliest memory of, of wrestling was going to her house. Uh, and she was stealing the pay-per-view on the black box. And I remember it was Rey Mysterio versus Nash, and it was the hair versus mask match. I remember really liking Rey Mysterio, and I remember really liking Harlem Heat. That yeah. was my only other memories of wrestling was, like, that specific, like, wow. So, so you start, you know, you start, quote, quote, unquote, working before you're even watching then, huh? Yeah. Dude, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I was like, I was like, like, buying the SmackDown versus Raw video games and watching the red guy and the blue guy do battle to learn how to do moves and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Because that's what you do when you're a backyarder. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to definitely, um, you know, once I have you back on, well, I'm going to have, we're going to get to, um, because obviously you're promoting your own show. We'll have you back on for that. Uh, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get back and uh, dig into the old Beyond um, crates a little bit, you know, check out some old time. Because, yeah, because I'm going in this blind. I only know, yeah. you know, from what I know on social media. So that's why I love doing shit like this. Uh, well, I said that already. Um, we had, we had but, a pretty good run in Beyond, though. Uh, I wrestled uh, in a faction called the Crusade for Change in okay. Beyond. That was my faction. It was me, Devin Blaze, Darius Carter, Anthony Gangone, and TJ Marconi. And we were the Crusade for Change. We had a 15-0 streak in Beyond Wrestling before we unfortunately got unbooked. Nice. Crusade for Change. So, and I would not have guessed you as like a, you know, a new school, you know, indie kind of guy. So I would have figured oh, a little bit more. Indie. Okay. I'm so indie. I I thigh slap when I shake hands. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dude, dude, I got, dude. dude yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's a new one. I have not heard that. I will. I'm definitely stealing that one from you, dude. That's <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Um, 
So obviously you get back June January thirteenth, which is only seven months ago. It's hard to imagine. But was that first show UPW or were you going? It to was. It was okay. that first show that I came back as Tommy Trainwreck. Uh, was at UPW Winter Warfare, and I was actually in the main event. It was a barbed wire madness match. It was me, Peter B. Beautiful, Sean Longhorn, and Chuck Stein, and okay. a barbed wire madness match. And that was my first dip back in the pool as Tommy Trainwreck. Peter B. Beautiful. I've uh, I've heard that name before. Someone wanted me to ask you about. So okay, yeah. So um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I've got we've got some mutual friends, and everyone's like, well, yeah. It's like, how's a guy that lives up there get into wrestling? So Peter B. Yeah, he was a guy that really kind of the name that kind of popped out for me up there. So yeah, Peter B. He's the, yeah. he's one of the people that are that's in charge over at UPW Pro Wrestling. So well, I got a lot of love for Pete because he was one of the people that helped me get back into things. You know. So. Okay. Yeah. And then uh. So obviously you start making your way down to Milwaukee, obviously. So what your first show was what March this year, I think? Uh I, I came down for the 420 classic and I okay, just April, on yeah. a whim. Uh shout out Onyx and Dreddy hooked me up. He was like, I'll I'll introduce you to Kurt. Okay. Because I, I told him I want to I want to get on ICW. That was a goal of mine. I wanted to be on ICW shows. They're probably the premier independent wrestling company in Milwaukee. So that's where I wanted to be. So Onyx hooked me up. He's like, if you come down, I'll introduce you to Kurt. I went and paid money, got a hotel for the Thursday, Friday, set up the ring, did the brother, brother thing, helped out. And it worked out that Kurt gave me a chance. And uh, he gave me a shot at the next show. And I wrestled Mo Foley uh, May 27th at ICW Day of Death. And I had a death match against Mo. And that was it. I guess I did good in my debut because I've been booked ever since. Yeah, that's, you know, that's very true. So, um, and did you, so is, how'd you know Onyx then? Do you just kind of, uh, one of my first bookings outside of UPW in the area, I wrestled for a company called, uh, APW, All Out Pro right. Wrestling. And they're, and they're like right on the outskirts of Minnesota, like yep. uh, Chippewa Falls. Yeah. So, uh, I do that show and I get team brand with Onyx and we just happen to hit it off as, you know what I mean? As people. So, you know what I mean? He, I met him there and I saw him at a couple different other shows and, the more that I saw him, the more we became comfortable with each other that I saw that he was on ICW and I was like, you think you can help me get in over there, you know? And it's just been a uh, right place, right time situation because, uh, especially in ICW, because the very next show after the day of death, I was supposed to do a tag team match and card subject to change. Uh, I think Eric Dillinger had some type of uh, family emergency and he wasn't able to make it. So instead of being in a tag team match, I ended up being in a four-way uh, Frozen Tundra death match for the ICW interim title. Yep. Yep. So, you know, it's just a uh, recipe of right place, right time for me to be able to get these opportunities that I've had the chance to step into. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, you, you work hard to put yourself in those positions, but then and when then they show up. So, yeah, because Onyx is another guy, if I'm not mistaken, I know he's taken quite a break from at least ICW Milwaukee. I think he may have been taking a break from wrestling in general. Uh, but yeah, you guys, I mean, definitely seems to be a, a good fit for her. So, yeah, it's, it's like you said, I mean, you know, wrestling, that's what really kind of grabbed, you know, moving back to Wisconsin. So I kind of grabbed because I had been out of wrestling for a while, but like you said, it's the familial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You it know, is. so it's I the mean, community, it's, you don't get that other, other, you know, I mean, anywhere I don't, anyways, or I haven't found it anywhere else besides wrestling, you know, even if it wasn't just being in the ring and like, getting all the love you wanted as a kid by a bunch of strangers telling you how awesome you are. It's the backstage stuff. That's pretty great too. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's the car and I've been fortunate to have been on a couple car rides, just being, you know, being a chauffeur and just kind of being like a fly in the wall, listening to people talk and stuff like that. So um, obviously I, I'm not a wrestler, you know, I'm not going to get in the ring anytime soon, you know, but. but They they say more more is learned in car ride than in the ring. So. Yeah. I I, People say that for a reason, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, are you riding with? I mean, so uh, most of these car rides, you're kind of going solo, dolo. Obviously, yeah, me, 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 I mean, my fiance, she's uh, she's my road dog. Uh, even if it's like eight, nine hours, we we'll usually just split up the driving between the both of us, and she she helps me out with a lot of shit, keeps my inventory, my merchandise inventory, and uh, pushes all my stuff, and helps me drive to shows and keeps me organized and stuff. So, shout out to you, I love you, babe. Mwah. Hmm, that's all. Oh, that warms my heart. So, um, yeah. So she's obviously very supportive. So she knew. Um, when you so you guys you were a wrestler when you guys met, right? Yeah. Okay. And then she was kind of how would she feel about the break then when she's just like uh, get out. Uh, of we actually got together when I was taking my break from away from wrestling. So okay. 
me getting back into wrestling has been like a transition for both of us because until this past year like i said i didn't have social media or any of that you know what i mean so yeah. like it's been a transitional period trying to figure out a balance between work life and home life and you know what I mean? The things yeah. that come with uh, the fame of pro wrestling, you know? Like, yeah. I, I just recently had a, a clip on IG get over 4 million views on a reel. So, I had to turn off notifications on IG because it was just, it was too much. It was overwhelming. So, you know, I'm yeah. still I'm still learning this as we go along myself. Yeah, I don't even know what a reel is. I know what Instagram is, but I know 4 million is a big fucking number, so. Big number, man. Yeah. That's what like entire countries. Yeah, no shit. What clip was it, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it was this guy, uh, Dan Romanski, 336666. Okay. Uh, yeah. He posted a clip of me and Oren Vite, and it's Oren pounding a gusset into my head. It's like a 10-second okay. clip of me taking a gusset plate to the head and bleeding. Nice, and yeah. Like Four million views for some reason. No shit, huh? Nice. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, since the since that clip, since the Insane 8, my social media has gone crazy. My uh, YouTube channel, I had less than 10 subscribers and I'll have over 150. I have videos that went from less than a thousand views to over 36,000 views. So for people that doubt the reach of deathmatch wrestling or the reach of the insane eight since August 20th, that's been the growth of all those things just because of a few clips because of one show. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was only three weeks ago as we were recording. And as this drops, it'll be like a little under four weeks. Um, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I know Dan. I know Dan, not relatively well. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know Bucky. Um, I Dan's do. friend Bucky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't know if he talked to you or not, but I know Bucky was a horror slam. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. just posted a couple clips. I, I sh uh, tagged me in a few reels as well. I'm, I'm starting to meet all the different people that are involved. And shout out to all the guys who post clips and do show like that. Because if it wasn't for you guys giving us that base to build our audience on, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would. I wouldn't have 4 million views on a video if it wasn't for Dan posting that. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I would post that to my socials, it probably wouldn't have gotten 4 million views. So we wouldn't be in the positions that we're in if it wasn't for our fans and guys helping us out along the way. The deathmatch community is awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, and I'm not a deathmatch guy per se. I'm definitely an ICW Milwaukee guy. Um, but yeah, yeah. I had... I had Bucky on, uh, the Jerry, Ref Jerry, and then my friend Brendan on. We did the the official Insane Eight review show. Um, yeah, that was another show. I mean, we talked for two and a half hours, but only recorded for an hour. Um, yeah, Bucky's a great dude, man. I love that guy, and obviously Jerry. So, but uh, you know, so before you kind of you know took your break and everything, were you doing any deathmatch stuff, or is that um, all relatively had, new? Uh, yeah. So I've had a handful of deathmatches. I've done um. Probably like five or six in Massachusetts before, like as a tag team guy, before I came out here. The difference was, is when I was peaking in Massachusetts, is like 2013, 2016 era. And unless you're in CZW, there's nobody on the East Coast that's dabbling in death matches. So that was the main reason why I didn't do them. But like yeah. when we had the opportunities to do them, we did partake in them. You know what yeah. I mean? It was always like a bucket list thing. Like when I was first breaking, like, really breaking into business and we were watching like music videos of guys like Necro Butcher and Sick Nick Mondo and you know what I mean? Those guys. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. You know? Yeah. So to be able to do tournaments and do death matches on that scale, that's appealing to the younger fan of me when I was first breaking in. Cause that was like, I was an indie guy. Like when I first got introduced to wrestling, obviously it's WWE, it's John Cena and all that stuff. But then I got introduced to ROH 2002 and you know what I mean? Now there's CZW and like when I, I used to refer to the dub, like not WWE. It was CZW. That was the dub. To nice. CZW, you know, yeah. so that was my audience. That was what I was always interested in. So it's kind of like a full circle thing to get into death matches. I've always wanted to do them. I just never had the platform to do them. Okay. Um, so then obviously ICW, I mean, it's not just a deathmatch fed, but I mean, it's what they're known for. So that was a perfect fit for you coming in then, eh? Yeah, that, that absolutely. That's why I wanted to be, you know what I mean? Everything about ICW is like a tailor-made fit for me. And I think me getting to go there for the 420 Classic for two days and sit back and see what the fans liked and didn't like was really gave me a heads up on like a leg up to get in and to get over. Because I, I literally get to sit there and see what makes that crowd tick for two full shows before I got to debut. And I think that was very beneficial. Yeah. And like uh, my very good friend, uh, Jim, likes to chant, we are sick fucks. You know? Oh, yeah. I love so, it. I, I, I love the ICW faithful. That's one of my favorite audiences. If I didn't wrestle anywhere else and I only wrestled ICW, I wouldn't even be sad because that's what I look forward to every month. Yeah, it's uh, it's been um, and I need to get this function on, but you know, I've told the story before, but 
Uh, my first ICW show, I just went to. I was I was living out in Idaho, but I was I'd come home for a month and visit my mom, like in April. Uh, but speaking of the 420 Classic, so Cole Cabana was on, so I'm like, oh, I'll check out this ICW Milwaukee show. Uh, so I go there in April, and then we move back to Wisconsin in December. You know, eight months later, um, I go to ICW, and then my third show, like this functions are, you know, already knew who my name was. I'm like, how the fuck does this guy even know? Who? I mean, I'm like, I'm just some Jamolk. It's just my my third show. I'm like. You know, so that's why my loyalty always goes to dysfunction. So I told that's just how that's just how he is, man. He's a solid ass dude. Like he's been very welcome since day one. Like once I was like on the like on shows, I've been treated like family. You know, from everybody in that locker room. So that's why ICW holds a special place to me. Yeah, because I said I was talking because I have Ben on every time Ben runs a show too, and Ben was very. And I, I take Ben's opinion very highly, and he says, "Yeah, he says you're definitely one of the the best dude, like like human beings." So I was another reason. I appreciate like, that, man. So I wanna, yeah, I told him that I, you know, I told him I was having you on. He was pretty stoked about that. So, yeah, good people, yeah. man. I try. I, I always say, like, being a, a good person is better than being a good wrestler. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. I think people would rather have somebody be around who's a pleasure to be around, who's helpful, who wants to be around, than somebody who's great and they're an asshole. So I don't know. I think yeah. that that personal aspect goes a long way. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! Where was I going? Okay, so obviously you're doing IC, but you were just at Horror Slam. So we're um, what other feds have you been working since you came back? Then obviously all of uh, wrestling. You said ICW. Yeah, I wrestled for uh, Frontline Pro. I okay, wrestled yep, for right. Battle Tested Pro Wrestling. <clears throat> uh, I wrestled for a few other companies under the lights. All Out Pro. That was when I was first getting back, trying to get the ring rust off and get in a couple of different places before I knew what was what and who was who. Yeah. You know, so now lately I've been trying to go for more of a quality over quantity type of situation. Like this past month I had, I have Horse Lamb, ICW and Frontline Pro. Okay. And I'm 10 years into the business. I have more time in behind me than I do in front of me. And I want to make all my matches as meaningful as possible. So I'm not trying to whore myself out and wrestle everywhere. I just want to wrestle in places that I'm appreciative, that I'm appreciated and that I can put on good matches. You know what I mean? That matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Frontline Pro, they're, I mean, they're not that, they're what, hour and a half from you-ish? Yeah, they run a couple different places. They run, like, uh, Appleton, they've run uh, Unity. I know they also run, like, Oak Creek sometimes, too, so I think they get around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, Wisconsin Rapids, too, and stuff like that, so... Um, yeah, my one of my best friends lives in Stevens Point. He's, he's always talking about frontline, so I need to make it up. I uh, I get around to wrestling shows, but I need to get around some more. Like I just found Under the Lights recently. I just found All Out Pro Wrestling, so it's funny you mentioned those. So, you know, yeah, it, uh, it's funny you bring up Stevens Point. I just went took a trip to Stevens Point like uh last weekend for Horse Slam. I picked up three hundred light tubes from some some church in uh, Stevens Point. <laughs> so I swear. They were throwing them away on, on Facebook Marketplace. And they, wow. Did you even tell them what they were for? No. That's awesome. Definitely not. They were, they were, you know what I mean? It was right out of church. I'm pretty sure if I would have told them what it was for, they wouldn't have gave them to me. So I just didn't say anything. It's like, oh, just, I, I had just silently loaded 300 tubes in my car. And yeah, I mean, they were probably just glad to get rid of them. You know, yeah, they're probably going to pay to dump them. Yeah. That's, that's my assumption. Dude, see, that's the problem now. See, and, th- and I always, I mean, obviously I talk to Jerry every month, you know, and just, obviously Jerry is kind of like the deathmatch mastermind of ICW Milwaukee. Oh, uh, of course. But it's, it's amazing, like how ingenuitive, you know, everyone is to get shit. Like you said, it's not, it's tough to get, you know, that many fucking light bulbs. No, it is. And people in the fans too, this is another thing that goes back to like the deathmatch community is like the fans go above and beyond to go take their own time to go drive and pick up light tubes and shower yeah. doors and make shit to bring to shows you know what i mean it's 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 a deep dive yeah i don't know if you know john and josh pretty much but uh john josh the ones that did uh, josh doll yep yeah yeah i know yeah i I spent some time with them building some weapons at the i8 so yeah i that's what i figured so yeah because i had those guys on so and that was a very eye-opening conversation just kind of listening to all the shit i mean like you said it's just two fans you know yeah and and all the fucking hard work to do just to build a fuck that but like, exactly that they're passionate and they give a fuck about what's going on. So like yeah, they're two fans, but they're two fans who are contributing in a positive manner. You know what I mean? That's the type of shit that I that I love about pro wrestling is if you have passion for this, there's a spot and a home for you in pro wrestling. It may yeah. not be in the ring, but there's a, a home for you here. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Because growing up as a kid, I was a big music fan, so I was going to concerts, you know, a lot of hardcore shows and stuff like that. And it was that was that this community kind of really the DIY aspect of that community. Because I mean, you're putting on shows in in people's basements and fucking VFW halls. You know, you're not doing the big fucking arena shows and shit like that, but you're making your own flyers and stuff like that. So I kind of took all, all those lessons, and then you know, when I got back into wrestling. It's the same fucking thing. All full yeah. circle, man. Yeah. So, well, you did mention uh, the I-8. Um, so let's kind of go into that. So sure obviously, you know, you go in there, you knew, did you know you had at least two matches going in? Or was uh, there, if you don't mind me asking, listen, if there's only. Yeah, no, we can talk know? a little bit inside baseball. So um, the night before the I-8, I get a message from this at like 2.30 in the morning. Saying, <laughs> hey, right. Saying, hey, uh, would you possibly uh, be able to work more than once? So I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking like maybe somebody's no showing or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, my mind's racing by this one because who the fuck knows, right? So I right. say, of course, anything you need. <laughs> Lo and behold, Kurt was uh, talking about me winning the alternative title. He was he was shooting that that surprise on me to put me over because that's my first belt since coming back. And nice, okay. on a shoot, that's my I've only won one singles title in my career otherwise, and I held it for one day because I quote unquote disrespected the title and was fired by that company. Because uh I uh I wrestled 13 times for the heavyweight title and I didn't win any of those 13 matches, and they put me over for the mid-card title. Then I said it was a pity fuck and uh, it cut me heat. But I was also young and brash, but you know, it is what it is. I, I shouldn't have worn my emotions on my sleeve. But I don't count that as a singles title. So this ICW Alternative Championship is like my first official singles. Nice. So Kurt was trying to fucking surprise me with that, like the solid duty is. And, so and- I was expecting to do at least two, two matches. Okay, yeah. Then I didn't you're- know what those two matches were going to be, but I was expecting to work more than once because that's what Kurt asked me. So yeah, I didn't and- know what the fuck was going on until the show was about to start, you know, so. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I'm a more for ICW, but that that belt's got a lot of lineage to it. It sure does, man. Held by guys like Marcus Crane. Come yeah. on, the yeah. the lineage goes. I, I looked oh, it up, right. man. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I wanted to make this this uh, title run mean something because all those guys that have held this belt in the past made it mean something. So it's important to me to uphold that legacy because the belt doesn't make the guy; the guy makes the belt, and I yep. want to fucking keep that going. Yeah, and even the guy you beat, I mean, um, you know, don't take this wrong. I'm a huge Jaden Mark, uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, he's one of the top kids in the state right now. Oh yeah, you know, one of the one of so, the brightest young talents in Wisconsin. 100%. Um, you know, I would know know if I'd be lipping off to Mr. Eric Dillinger like you did, but hey, you know, he got hey, he got he got his comeuppance, you know. So he sure did. So I'm I'm proud to say that I was in attendance, sitting front row for your first singles title run, then or title. Fuck win, yeah, so. man. Dude, that, that was awesome. And then, uh, obviously, you know, um, you know, spoiler alert, you know, Dillinger gets in, like I said, and I've seen after the match he had last year, the first round with Tommy Knuck- or uh, Mickey Knuckles, the fact that he, you know, so if he can't go, obviously he's super fucking hurt. Super fucking hurt because he's tough as they come, you know. Um, You know, how does that conversation go? Does Disco say, hey, Tommy, what are you, what are you doing here? Um, As soon as the bump happened, I saw him, I saw Dillinger – like lean over to the ref and talk. And I was like, he's hurt. So I, I was sitting uh, near like the entrance to the left side, having a couple beers, just, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm already undressed. I'm winding down. I'm trying to watch the show. And I see that happen. And I immediately went back because I wanted to check on Eric because me yeah. and him were actually, I consider him to be a friend. So I wanted to make sure everything was okay. But as soon as I walk in the back, Kurt's like, he has to go to the hospital, get dressed. And I was like, all right. No shit. Yeah. So then I went and started getting dressed and then, they were trying to talk Eric into going because you know how that goes all we're all yeah. going to go until we can't go anymore. So, but he had a huge cut in the back of his arm. So once Orin and a couple guys told him like, dude, you need to go get that fucking taken care of. He came over and he actually gave me like a little fucking, gave me a hug and gave me a pep talk. Told him like, this is your fucking time to time to shine, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It sucks that it happened that way, but you know I mean? I really appreciated him like pulling me aside and saying that. Dude, I mean, yeah, I mean, Dillinger is a fucking, le- I mean, he's a leader in the locker room. Everything I've heard, you know, backstage of that guy, he's just, I mean, he's that guy. Yeah, you know? he's a, he is. He's as advertised. So, um, yeah. So, and then uh, what's your thoughts? Obviously, you're excited. You get a chance to turn it, but then you find out you're wrestling or invite. 
Yeah. So uh, from the time that <laughs> from the time that Kurt tells me to get dressed to the time I wrestle Warren is there's two matches in between. So there's not a whole lot of time. You know what I mean? So I get dressed we tape up and uh, I knew that I was going in there with Warren. And it's funny because you can't write these stories like Dillinger came out and helped me with the alternative title earlier in the show. So it's very fitting that I took his place against Warren. Yep. And I'm wrestling Oren, who made his insane eight debut with the same fashion that I'm making my debut in. Somebody got hurt, and Oren had to sub in and step in on the fly. So it's one of those stories that you can't – it's just so perfect that it – you know what I mean? It just happened to write itself. Yeah. I knew stepping in there with Oren, you have no choice but to bring it because he's he's the blueprint of ICW, and he's yeah. the success story, the first success story coming out of ICW. You know what I mean? The first deathmatch megastar that's like ICW – born and bred so like yeah. be able to step in there and prove myself against him was was huge for sure yeah that's uh and obviously you know it that's a game change. and obviously you stepped up i mean it was a, a fuck of a match um, i appreciate you man you know and it was it was cool i mean in in your defense too is i mean you already wrestled two fuck of them you know you had a great match of keaton then you had a you know a barn burner with fucking Jaden already you know so it's not like you were fresh um no not at all it's one of those situations that's like you can't prepare yourself mentally for what is, you know what I mean? Like behind the curtain, I was like, are they going to boo me? Like, are they going to be disappointed? Dillinger isn't here. You know what I mean? I didn't know exactly like going against Oren, who's one of the top guys, top baby faces. Are they going to turn on me? Or, you know what I mean? I wasn't sure of, there's so many questions as to what was going to happen. And genuinely the reaction that we got post-match is probably one of my favorite moments that I've had in wrestling. You know, every chant I've ever got has always been, you know, this is awesome chance. It's never been, just for me, you know. Yeah. So to have that moment means a lot. It's something that I always remember for sure. Yeah, you, you definitely got yourself over, um, for sure. I mean, I, I don't mean to speak for everyone in the crowd, but I think I like to think I have my finger to the pulse of the crowd. And yeah, I mean, you definitely it was it was a moment too, man. Like, I mean, it's one of those moments too. Like, and you'll you'll be down in insane eight history forever. So, and Oren didn't have to say any of the stuff he said. Put me, you know what I mean? Put me over like he did either. So. I, like like I said, I'm interested to see where the story goes because there's so many ways that we can go with this. Like, it, it's one of those things that you couldn't have written it better. You know, you couldn't have yeah. written it better. Next year, there's so many stories. Maybe I wrestle Orin and say Nate. Who yeah. knows? Maybe I yeah. have to face Dillinger. I don't know. Yeah, we'll sometimes. Yeah, sometimes the best stories just write themselves. So absolutely, man. I know for sure is that I have 12 months to earn a spot in the Insane Eight. So yeah. we got to make that happen. Yeah, and I think you've definitely got your your foot going in the right direction. So, um, and sh- I should know this. Um, but who? So you, you're uh, you're on the next card, obviously. Who are you de- um, defending that belt against on next or next week? Tyler Sullivan. Oh shit! I'm re- really? I'm wrestling Tyler Sullivan in a death match for the alternative championship. Stipulation to be announced. I have a feeling it's gonna have something to do with glass. Spoiler. Alert. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that and Tyler's, you know, he's not necessarily an ICW original, but he, he's fucking up there, man. So, uh, he's a great talent, he's very cerebral, and um, he he gets it on a different level. He's a dangerous guy for sure, yeah, yeah, even if he's a Bears fan, but you know, no one's perfect, so um, <laughs> yeah, because you were originally scheduled as an alternate, right? I was okay, yeah, because it was you, Tyler, and Kian. Okay. Key and Stoneburner. Okay. Shout out to Key and I hope you're doing well, buddy. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. That's a thing. Yeah. So for those, for those who haven't heard, Keen unfortunately suffered a series of traumatic brain injuries that led to him having a seizure and being hospitalized and put on a ventilator. He's still currently hospitalized. So uh, me and his mother reached out to me and told me what was going on. So okay. I knew what I had to do. And I tried to put together a GoFundMe. So that's pinned to my social media. So if anybody listening to this can take a minute to help out Keaton. He has a long, long road to to coming back and being 100% himself, but all the love and support that everybody's been showing was definitely going to help him get there. So if anybody can take a second to share that or anything, that would be awesome, man. Yeah, and I'll definitely put the links for all that in the show notes, um, and then we'll obviously put that in all the social media, our social media, or I should say mine because it's my podcast. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely Appreciate get that word out there because you're um because you're donating all your proceeds for your next T-shirt run for to him, all right, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just got a run of about fifty shirts, death proof shirts, sizes small through five X, and all the proceeds are going to get donated. Team, we're also going to do a a raffle at this next um, ICW Milwaukee show. Okay. I had uh, Insane Lane and a couple guys hit me up. They're donating items to get raffled off. So we're hoping to raise a couple more bucks for Keenan and, and his kid and all that good stuff, you know? 
Okay, I'll see if I got some stuff. I was going to ask you because you were talking about a raffle. I wasn't sure if, if Kurt was doing that or if you were doing that at your show. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I think Kurt's going to help you organize that for sure. You know what okay. I mean? I bought some raffle tickets and I got some items, so we're still figuring it out. But I assume that doing it at ICW would probably be the best platform to okay. make it successful, you know? Perfect. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's once again, like we were talking earlier, I mean, wrestling may be scripted or choreographed, but it's still people get fucking hurt. It happens. Yeah, man. Keenan's a young kid. And now he has to deal with this for the rest of his life. You know, the risks that we take are very, 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 very real. Unfortunately, we don't always get to see the consequences. You know what I mean? A lot of times we roll the dice and we win. So yeah, sometimes you don't. And that that's the unfortunate truth of it, you know? Yeah, that's why I. That's why I've got the utmost respect for anybody. Whether I mean, I don't give a sh- if you're just a jobber or if you're doing deathmatch stuff. I mean, it's all it's all dangerous, man. So I appreciate you guys. So, um, Absolutely. but listen, I mean, you are obviously not just a wrestler. You are dipping your, and we're gonna do a little bit more for uh, once it gets closer to showtime. Uh, but you're also putting on your first show. Um, tell I am. Us, so tell us a little bit. Listen, well, I mean, if you'd like, I'd love to have you back on to talk specifically. Oh, about absolutely, that. yeah. Um, you know, no, you're forcing you're forcing me to book and promote myself. <laughs> what a fucking terrible guy you are! I, I I'm such such an asshole. So I'm That's excited. True. Um, my you know the wife's coming with me. She hasn't been to a show in a while. Um, but yeah, awesome. you've got a, you've got your first show coming up, and you got some big people on the card too. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about it. So the name of the project is We Love Wrestling because I, I do. We love wrestling. All everybody who does this shit does it because they love wrestling. So that's the yeah. concept behind this. Uh, I want to create an environment that guys want to work in front of a crowd that wants to see people wrestle and have matches that people want to do and an environment that people are happy to be there. I'm not trying to nickel and dime and brother, brother, anybody and have anybody come in and work on the brother, brother rate or anything. I'm trying to give guys more than they're worth. So uh, we got our first show coming up November 4th in Pembine, Wisconsin. It's about five minutes away from my house. Like, shoot, five minutes away from my house. At the Northwood Sports Recreation and Community Center. Um, Running shows is always something that I've wanted to do. It's always something that I've had interest in doing. Um, It was just one of those perfect storm situations where I met the owners of the Northwood Sports Recreation Community Center. And they were looking for something to help keep the lights on over there and to create some revenue and keep things going. And pro wrestling does that. Pro wrestling can get... 200 people in a building once a month religiously and yeah. i know that and i know that so we were able to link up and i was able to link up with a couple partners a couple silent partners and some ring people and it was just a perfect storm where everything came together where it was like we had to pull the trigger on this so uh we're doing it november 4th uh volume one so on the show we've got uh a mix of Midwest guys, some guys coming yep. from St. Louis, Ohio, Indiana. We're trying to bring some different talent to the to the area. So I got uh short and sweet Bobby V, Armando Alvarez, Mason Cutter, one half of the hooligans, uh, which some people may know him for his tag team run. Great, great tag team wrestler, but he's more than that. He's also a great regular wrestler. We also got Manny Cortez, CJ Cole, Ethan Matthews, Chico Suave. We got a couple students of Myron Reed. Matt Diesel and Akeem Avante coming down. As nice. far as tag team wrestling goes, we got the Bruisers coming all the way from Indiana, and we got the Pro Bros. Everybody knows the Pro Bros. They're here for a party. And mm-hmm. the main event, hopefully, is going to tear the fucking roof off the Northwood Sports Recreation Center is Davey Vega versus Myron Reed versus La Estrell. If anybody who knows anything about those guys, Davey Vega is the current AAW, AAW heavyweight champion. He's a hell of a worker. He's known for his strikes and his submissions. Myron Reed is one of the premier high flyers in the fucking country, and he is absolute bananas. The young goat is known as the young goat for a reason. And La Estrell from Dragon Gate USA is one of the yes, yes. He's one of the premier luchadors coming out of Japan, but he also is world traveled. He's worked in, in Mexico. He's worked in the United States, and we're lucky enough to catch him in America to have him on our show. So the star is definitely going to bring it. How now, if you don't mind me asking, listen, I mean, it, tell me what you can tell me, not too much behind the curtain, but how did sure you pull thing. that? How'd you pull that? Listen, uh, we we I, talked I, earlier, I, I know how you know Davey and you know Myron and everything, but uh, so La Estrell actually got hooked up to me by our ring announcer, who is John Bullard. He is the color commentator for RPW, okay. and he recently did ring announcing for King of the Kill. Okay. Um, he's become a friend of mine since I moved out here to the Midwest. Uh, he's been there to help me meet contacts and uh 
just backstage stuff that a lot of people wouldn't do. You know what I mean? And he was able to connect me with La Astro because he knew that he was going to be in America for my show. So I was able to use him as basically like a booking agent to get La Astro okay. an, an additional booking while he's in America, which is a steal because with the exception of like Lucha shows, you're not going to see La Estrell anywhere else. Yeah. And RPW, so that's Raging Pro Wrestling, right? At Green Bay? Uh, no, that is oh. uh, uh, RPW, like King of the Kill Deathmatch Tournament. Uh, they run oh. in Michigan. They're doing shows with ICW in okay. Chicago. I forgot what RPW stands for. And I sound is, like it, is, is, that, is that Ruthless Pro Wrestling? Ruthless Pro Wrestling. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, now yeah, wrong RPW. All right, yeah, I, I thought I knew that his name. So yeah, my buddy, uh, so my buddy Germ, uh, who's the uh, insane, name, he does a podcast with one of the guys that runs for Ruthless Pro. Is he the guy who was doing the videos about the donuts? Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, I love that guy. So I former guest of this show too, actually. So he came on to promote uh that show for uh Paul Entertainment, uh, the Pride show that they did back in June. So. Yeah, Germ's okay. a good dude, man, and and that's that dude's got a, a fuck of a story. Um, we'll just say that. So, I'm gonna um, have to ask him. I just met him for the first time at the IA. We took a picture together. So next time I see him, I'll have to hear it. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a good dude, man. So, man, yeah, I'm awesome. We'll we'll def well. I'll see you on the 22nd. But uh, you know, obviously we're gonna put obviously all the links up for um Keenan's for uh, GoFundMe and everything. But I uh, appreciate where, you, man. Where can the people find you? Me? All right. So I am on social media. Uh, my IG is Tommy X Trainwreck. I am also on YouTube with X Deathproof X for my YouTube. Those nice. are my two things. Besides that, I'm on social media as Tone Taylor or Facebook as Tone Taylor. But yeah. don't bother me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Unless you want to come on the podcast or you want to come yeah, on yeah. the podcast. Unless we're doing so. business. Yeah, so. And, awesome. and as far as the We Love Wrestling stuff, um, we're on all the social medias. Uh, we Love we love wrestling, and on IG, it's we love wrestling. Except instead of an E in wrestling, it's the number three. Nice. That's the same for YouTube, and you'll be able to find those across all the all the socials. Okay, yeah, my, my wife does the Instagram. I'm a little too old. I gotta figure out. Well, I, gotta, yeah, man. I, guess, I guess Instagram's the place to be. I guess I don't it, know. It, so. I dude, Insta- Instagram is over. Like deathmatch is really over on IG. I, yeah. I I'm thankful that my wife is able to help me guide the social media promotional stuff because i'd be lost on the ig um well speaking of instagram and deathmatch i was actually this is what's gonna ask you earlier um so you just got back into wrestling you know recently and you know your first deathmatch tournament was in 2013 do you think i don't i'm trying to figure out if it's just because i'm more aware of it or it's actually getting bigger but is deathmatch wrestler getting more popular 100 percent. deathmatch has grown exponentially i think since the pandemic era. I feel like when the pandemic happened, the only shows that were really running shows were the outlaw deathmatch shows. And a lot of guys weren't able to get work. Otherwise, you saw a lot of guys starting to dip their toes to deathmatches that normally weren't doing deathmatches. And that was a blessing and a curse because it created a whole new wave of guys that came in that nobody knew of. The Kirks and Tommy Vendettas and Hoodfoots. All these guys came up through the pandemic era of deathmatch wrestling. But I think currently... There's more deathmatch companies that guys can make a living off of in the United States than there ever has been. There's okay, touring yeah. companies like you can you can go make good money at XPW, you can make good money at Circle Six. You know what I mean? Ruthless Pro Wrestling, ICW, ICW No Holds Barred. Yeah. There's many deathmatch companies in the United States that are thriving. Yeah, and I think like, that's that's a testament of the scene as a whole. Yeah, I think I mean, um, like you said, I think the deathmatch, like you said on Instagram. I mean, who the fuck would have thought? Yeah. It's very over on IG for whatever reason. They love it. Yeah. So, and obviously got yourself over on IG. So that works perfectly. So four million, four million views, huh? Oh yeah. Four million and counting. Crazy. God damn. You know, you never want to see someone get hurt, but I mean, it worked out for you. So it sure did. I was just waiting for like Jim Cornette to talk shit about me or something, you know? That's it. (laughs) You're on your way, my friend. You're on your way. So that's Uh, the hope, right? Lots yeah. of lots of foreign traffic too. Like my my YouTube uh channel is like seventeen percent from India. I have less views in the United States than basically anywhere else. So it's a lot of traffic from different countries too. India. India, yes. Surprisingly. Like like seventeen point eight percent of my traffic of like the past like two weeks, I've gotten like forty forty six thousand views and seventeen percent of them come from India. So 
I don't know. India loves the death match, I guess. I, I, I guess so. I know, you know, I've never been to India. Um, I wouldn't mind going someday, but you no, know, you figure you figure it'd be like Russia or obviously Japan. It loves their yeah, death that's matches, but... you, that's what I would think too. But no, India, fucking India, God, this shit's just worldwide, man. You know, that's yeah. a lot of money, and that's you know, as much as I hate the internet. It's for shit like that. Well, obviously, I mean, we're four hours apart and we're talking over the internet right now. So, yeah, that's just, you know, me and old man yells at clouds, though. Like, I feel the same way. <laughs> I I hate the internet too, but it, it definitely has its uses. We'll say that. Yeah. So, um, Tommy, this was better than I expected. Thank you so much, my friend. Oh, we'll, thanks for having me, man. Uh, we'll definitely are going to have you on closer to the show. Um, but I will definitely do a part two after I kind of dig into to the history here a little bit. But, uh, dude, yeah, this is awesome, man. I can't thank you enough, my friend. So I appreciate you, man. Everybody who listened, thanks for hanging out with us. No problem, dude. I'll, I'll see you in a week. Yeah, fuck yeah. See you then, man. Yep. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.